0: Welcome to the Dollar Wise podcast. At HFM, one of the most significant values we provide our clients is leveraging our experience, helping hundreds successfully navigate through life's transitions. On this podcast, our advisor team explores some of the questions we get every day from our clients. We share some insights on financial topics, and we interview some fantastic professionals from our vast network. Our hope is that you leave with some food for thought and some good ideas to consider. Thank you for joining us. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. I am Jason Gabrielli, Certified Financial Planner here at HFM Investment Advisors. And today, I am excited to dive into the world of estate planning, but very specifically to the ownership of your house. So right off the bat, I'm going to say, I am not an attorney. This is not legal advice. Please speak to your attorney or get an attorney or reach out to us for a referral to an attorney if you want to know information about your specific situation. But I want to speak generally because I have heard some very incorrect information out there from our clients when they come to us and say, hey, I was talking to my friend, or we were sitting around the pool talking about our estate plans or what we have in our wills or whatever, and there's definitely some bad information out there. And so I wanna address one very specific thing that's kind of, I'll call it old school, but it's one of those things that rears up every once in a while. Basically, I wanna to talk to you about why you shouldn't sell your house to your kids for $10. And so this is something that, you know, again, we've heard forever sell my house to my kids for a dollar before I die type thing. And I'm sure that that's routed in some maybe very old estate planning laws or state regulations, but. I want to bring it into 2023 and review some of the reasons why people might want to do that and talk about why maybe that's not always the right choice. The first one that we hear probably the most often is avoiding taxes. So when I die, I want to make sure my kids don't pay any taxes, so I'm going to do this. So when you die, there's a couple different taxes that you could be exposed to. The first one and the one most people think of is the federal estate tax. Now, There's actually an exemption on the federal estate tax, and that exemption is $12.92 million for every person. So what that means is that if your net worth when you die is less than $13 million, you are not going to pay any estate tax, or I should say more accurately, your children and your heirs are not going to pay any estate tax at the federal level. So this is something that moves around quite a bit. They changed the regulations. It was as low as three million dollars about 10 or 12 years ago when I first got into this business. but it's now up to 13 million dollars. It is scheduled to sunset I believe in 2025 and go back to like six million. but again, if your net worth is under that amount, you don't have to worry about federal estate taxes as the rules are written today. The next tax that you might run into is the New Jersey or whatever state you live in, a state tax. Now, for Jersey residents, it's important to note, as most of our clients are, and most of you listening are likely in New Jersey, although our stats do tell me that we have quite a following in China, Uzbekistan. So I don't know what these state tax laws are there, but I can tell you what they are in New Jersey. And so in New Jersey, the estate tax is basically repealed. So it bounced around a little bit, the exclusion, the amount that you wouldn't get taxed on. And And most recently, I believe it was like $2 million. Anything above that would be estate taxable. However, it's totally gone now. So there is no estate tax in New Jersey. Now, the third type of tax is something called an inheritance tax. And this is also a state tax. It is different from the estate tax because it is only assessed on certain classes of beneficiaries. So The inheritance taxes and most often the place that people will run into issues is nieces and nephews. So if you're going to leave money to nieces and nephews, there may be a little bit of inheritance tax that they would have to pay or that would come due. And then also if you have friends, quote unquote, people who are not actually related to you, that you're going to leave money to, somebody you're not married to, somebody like that, then there could be an inheritance tax there. There's lots of different limits depending on the class of beneficiary. Again, if you have any information on that, please feel free to reach out to us and we'll explain that more in depth. However. Those are basically the three types of death taxes, if you will. And so in reality, most people, their net worth is under $13 million. So they're not paying any federal estate tax when they pass away. And New Jersey, again, doesn't have any estate tax right now. So nobody's paying that either. So when we think about the reason to sell your house to your kids for $10 to avoid taxes, the... Fast, fast, vast majority of people probably don't have any taxes that they're going to have to pay. The next one that we hear about, and this one does have some legitimacy, is the idea of protecting my house from the cost of care. So from the cost of maybe going on Medicaid, if I need long-term care someday, and I want to make sure that they don't take my house, or the nursing home that I'm going to doesn't take my house. And that is absolutely a real concern, especially depending on what your liquid net worth looks like, or the amount of money that you have in bank accounts and investment accounts if that is actually on the lower side and most of your assets are or most of your your assets are home equity, then that is absolutely something that could potentially be a reason however we 're going to put a pin in that and we're going to come back to that because there are some downsides to doing it that way that are very important to consider. The last one I would say that we hear is probate avoidance or ease of estate administration. You know if I die, it'll be easier if it's already in my kids' names, and that is certainly true to a degree, right? If they already own your house and you pass away, then it does simplify things a bit. And now probate avoidance, that's an important one to consider because we hear that a lot when it comes to different types of trusts and things like that. We're not going to get into on this podcast, but... Something to note is that in New Jersey, in general, the sentiment is that New Jersey's probate, believe it or not, is actually fairly easy, and it doesn't cost a lot of money. They charge you per page in your will, I think it's like $10 or something, whereas some states actually charge you a percentage of your probate, estate, which can get very expensive. So there are definitely legitimate reasons on why you would consider doing that or selling your house to your kids before you die. But here's the drawbacks, and here are the things that you have to make sure you understand if you go that route. The first is liability, and I say that in all capital letters, liability on both sides. So what does that mean? Well, If your children own your house, and you are living in that house, but they own it, and let's say they own their own business, or they have a young driver who just started driving, and they get sued for some reason. Well, when the attorneys look at their assets, they are going to see that they own a home, which happens to be the home that you live in, but they're not going to care about that. So at the end of the day, it is an asset of your child, just like their own home or any of their investment accounts. So you could end up homeless if your kids get sued and they lose your house. Again, things happen, even divorce, certainly that's another piece of things. If your kids get divorced, it counts as an asset. So there's, there's a lot of ways that that could backfire on you from a liability perspective. On the other side of things, what if you're living in that house again and they're the owner And you're getting in-home care as you age. So let's say that you find somebody on some kind of service or something like that, and you have them coming to the house to take care of you for a couple hours a day or something like that, and they get hurt. Well, guess who they're going to sue? They're going to sue you, and they're going to sue the owner of that house, who is your kids. And so there is a lot of liability to go around that would be assignable to the other party, whether it's you or your kids, That wouldn't be there unless you had sold it to them while you were alive. So there's plenty of liability. The second big thing is capital gains tax. And so a quick overview of capital gains tax and how it works. So capital gains tax comes in when you have a capital gain. So when you purchase a property or an investment or anything, let's say for the sake of argument, you purchase your house for $100,000. Let's say that in 20 years, that house grows to $200,000. Well, the $100,000 that it grew is considered a capital gain. Now, In real life, there would be some offsets to that because of the money you've put into it and all these different things. But in essence, that $100,000 is capital gain. Now, if you were to sell your house and it is your personal residence, you get a personal residence exemption on capital gains up to $250,000 per person, $500,000 if you're married. So just right there, if you sell your house to your kids for $10, you no longer own that house. So if you decide you need to sell it or something like that, somebody, is going to pay capital gains tax on the money that it made between the cost basis and the money that it was sold for. Let's dive into that a little bit deeper. So if you sell your house to your kids for $10, their basis or the amount that they purchased that asset for is $10. If at some point in the future, whether you are alive or not, they sell that house for, in the example, $200,000 or $300,000 or whatever it's worth. They're going to pay likely capital gains tax on the whole amount from $10 up to whatever it's sold for. Capital gains tax can vary between 15, 20% at federal level, as well as ordinary income tax in the state of New Jersey, depending on what state you're in, handles it a little bit differently. And there's some other taxes in there. So you're basically creating a tax effect that may not be there if you handled things a different way. Also, something to note is that when you pass away, if you didn't sell your house to your children and you still own it, your kids get what's called a step up in basis, which means that your basis, because you were still the owner when you passed away in this example, Whatever that was, whatever you bought the house for becomes irrelevant because when you pass away, your children or your heirs get a step up in basis, which means that their basis, when they inherit the house, becomes whatever it was worth on the day that you passed away. So in our last example... Let's say that you bought that house for $100,000, and when you pass away, it's worth $200,000, and you retained it. You didn't sell it. Well, they inherited it with a basis of $200,000. So if they turn around and sell it for $200,000, they don't have to worry about paying any capital gains tax. So there's a lot of little tripwires in here that you need to be considerate of if you decide to sell your house to your kids while you're still alive. Like I said, there are some legitimate reasons to consider doing that. But at the same time, you got to make sure you understand the liability side, as I mentioned, as well as the capital gains consequences, you might inadvertently be creating while you're alive or while you're dead. One thing I want to touch on is the quote unquote, right way to handle this. So if you specifically want to Deal with some of those more legitimate reasons I said that people want to move their house to their children, which is avoiding losing the house to the cost of care for long term care or wanting to go on Medicaid at some point and have the federal government cover part of your care. Or if you're trying to avoid making sure that everything transfers to your heirs in a way that's as efficient as possible. That's where we start talking about trusts. And so the advantage to a trust, and there's different types of trusts that are all used for different types of reasons, definitely something you want to talk to your attorney about, or again, we'd be happy to refer someone if you don't have one. But basically, the job of a trust is to Get rid of that liability issue that we talked about because now the trust becomes the owner of the house. Your kids don't own it. You don't own it. However, it does allow you to potentially, if it's structured properly, avoid losing your house or having to sell your house for the cost of long-term care in the future. And you get what's called a life estate in generally, which allows you to live in the house forever, even though it is in trust, but it avoids the issue of liability for your kids if they get sued, you're not going to lose your place to live. Again, if you want more detail on how that works, you definitely want to talk to an attorney. But overall, there are some things you want to consider if you've ever had the thought go through your mind that you want to sell your house to your kids for $10. Um, may not always be the greatest decision depending on your situation. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Dollar Wise podcast. Once again, I'm Jason for HFM Investment Advisors. If you're not already subscribed, make sure you hit that subscribe button. Apple, iTunes, podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Amazon. We're on all of them. So you get all the updates, all the new episodes. I think that's all we have for today. Thanks again for your time. And we will see you on the next one. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Dollar Wise Podcast. At HFM, our mission is to educate and empower our clients to make wise financial decisions. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at hfmadvisors.com. The Dollar Wise Podcast is presented by HFM Investment Advisors, LLC. registered investment advisor. All statements and opinions expressed are based upon information considered reliable, although it should not be relied upon as such. Any statements or opinions are subject to change without notice. Information presented is for educational purposes only and does not attend to make an offer for sale or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any specific securities, investments, or investment strategies. All investments involve risk and are not guaranteed. Information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as a recommendation appropriate for any individual. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from a qualified tax, legal, or investment advisor to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Past performance is not indicative of future performance.